0: blog talk radio hello out there in blog talk radio land welcome 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 to off the shelf and you are absolutely right you are listening to the winning books radio show off the shelf and want to welcome you here uh, and and wish you in advance it seems like our show is coming on a day before or right before a holiday, so I want to stop and say happy Valentine's Day to everybody. And if you're single, you can just love yourself on Valentine's Day, and hopefully you do that every day anyway. So happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there from off the shelf. Now this is a quote I want to drop into your mind before we go into today's show and bring this awesome author In front of you So the quote today is from Les Brown And it is Too many of us are not living our dreams Because we are living our fears Especially when unexpected Just unwanted events Like the death of a loved one occur It can really put the brakes on us Or or a personal injury Or sickness or illness Man, you can want to throw in that towel It is really hard not to so, again, I want to leave that with you. Too many of us are not living our dreams because we are living our fears. And who wants to put energy in the in the fear? So I encourage you to stop doing that. And if you just joined off the shelf, if it's your first time, or if you're one of our loyal listeners who's been with us for more than 13 years, I was just telling our guests that I just stumbled into this. This wasn't something that I had planned, and I definitely didn't think I'd be doing it for 13 years. But I want to thank you for being here with us. And I also want to tell you, there is still time for you to go tell your friends. This show today is not just for people who love to read books, but people who love their life and want to live a good life. We all are only here for a while, and we don't know exactly how long, but you want to make the best of the experiences that you have while you're here, you can bless countless people while you're here. There's still time to tell somebody to tune in to Off The Shelf, and the dial-in number is 347-994-3490. Again, it's as simple, 347-994-3490, or you can join us in the chat room. So I encourage you to go tell folks that you care about, tune in to Off The Shelf this Morning. And now, next to our listeners, I want to know how much you love mystery. Some people like romance, we know is the number one seller. Some people, romance is that thing. But I don't know too many people who, even in a romance novel, isn't there some mystery? We love mystery. This world is full of mystery, unanswered questions. So if you value mystery and you really appreciate how People, how we influence and help each other along on our journey. We can't get there alone. People pop in and out of our lives. If you appreciate that, starting when somebody is a child, how the parent shapes the child, maybe help get them on the, their path or take them off even, and then they have to struggle to find their right path, maybe with people they meet later in their life. If you value these things that happen to each in every single one of us. I think you should go out and get a copy of Love for Over Me. And it's on Amazon. It's an e-book and print format. At Amazon, I think it's $3.03 for e-book. E-book and print. You can get it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble. You can get it on Walmart. You can get it at ebookit.com or at chistel.com through PayPal. It's C-H-I-S-T-E-L-L.com. If you value these things, love and mystery and how we impact each other, I really think you should get a copy of Love Pull Over Me today. It is by me, Denise Turney. And I don't say that because I wrote it. I really think that if you value those things, that you should get a copy of Love Pull Over Me. And now let us go and meet our very special off-the-shelf guest. And our special guest this morning is Adrian Manson. She has the same first name as the somebody "I love, love, love," and that's my sister. She, my sister spells her with an A" instead of an E. But Adrian is a survivor, you guys. Adrian Manson is a true survivor. She survived a ruptured brain aneurysm, and following the aneurysm, she enrolled in school at Columbia College where she earned a Bachelor of Arts degree. I didn't even think of this when I was looking for the quote for the week from Les Brown, which I'll repeat. Too many of us are not living our dreams because we are living our fears or living somebody else's dreams, I would add. This is not what Adrian chose to do. And after she earned a Bachelor of Arts degree from Columbia College, she went on to earn a Master of Arts in Education and a Doctorate with an Educational Leadership Specialization. She is the author of several books, including The Return of Jesus Christ, Journal of a Memoir by Zenobia Reagan, Poserized, and she's going to have to explain that to us, Poserized from the Inside Out, and Over 51 Ways to Earning Online. Adrian is also an ordained minister who provides coaching, counseling, and mentoring services. And I encourage you to visit her right now. You can check her out online while you're listening to this interview. And her website is thefishfemale.com, dot com. And I love that. And it's spelled the way it sounds: t h e f i e r c e f e m a l e dot com. And I'll say it again: t h e F I E R C E F E M A L E dot com, the fierce female dot com, and we are happy to have this go getter and this visionary with us on Off the Shelf today. Welcome, welcome to Off the Shelf, Adrian.
1: Well, thank you, thank you for having me on. It is certainly a privilege to be on Off the Shelf on today.
0: You are you are uh, you know at some point in, if you live long enough, and I'm in my 50s. If you live long enough, you're gonna have an experience that you, well, not everybody, because I know some people. One of my friends is headed for her 60s, and she's only had one death of somebody real close to her in her family, and I and I find it absolutely amazing. I've got well over 20, but she's only had one, and she's going at it this year into her 60s. So everybody mm-hmm. hasn't had, I would say, but a lot of people have an ex- have had an experience this far into their journey in this world that you thought you just were not going to recover. I mean, you were literally convinced uh, there is no getting beyond this. And you have one, and you are on the other side of it. And that's just a blessing when you meet people who, especially if they're honest, and this is where we have to be honest, I think sometimes as Christians we're not honest with the way we think we should be, not honest. To tell people, I don't think I can go on. I, I, this is it. I'm not going to make it. To let people know when you're in that, how you're feeling, I can't get out of bed, I'm struggling, I, 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 I'm not going to get over this. And then you keep going and they see you on the other side of it. That's That's where the blessing, I think, comes from. Even Christ on the cross said, why have you forsaken me? Like I, this, but he got on the other side of it. When you when you go through it and come out, if you lie about it and say oh, everything's okay, I'm fine, then people are like, okay, well, so what? Big deal. But <laughs> you let them know the honesty of the struggle, and then you get on the other side of it. I think that's where it blesses people. But it's an absolute pleasure to have you with us on Off the Shelf. Adrian, now the first few questions I'm gonna ask you, I ask every guest because I like to give people a little backstory on our guests, before so I can start talking about their books and the different services that they might offer. So to begin, can you tell off-the-shelf listeners where you grew up, Adrian, and what life was like for you growing up? <laughs> well,
1: I grew up in Chicago, Chicago, Illinois. I grew up on the West Side. If anyone knows anything about Chicago and the West Side and the South Side rivalry. Uh, West Side, we said West Side is the best side. And I grew up uh, in the community West Side known as K-Town, a um, little rough uh, area. And I grew up uh, with different individuals. You know, we close-knit our friends, and um, we didn't have everything that we wanted, but we had what we needed. And that's the important thing. We had what we needed.
0: Okay. so And and how many are you one of many kids? or?
1: Well, I have two brothers. I have one older brother and one younger brother.
0: Okay. Oh, you're the only, 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 only no, no. daughter in the family. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so yeah. you probably learned how to take care of yourself early, early on. What is what is I dream did? of becoming a young I bet you did. The only girl you probably people always think you'd be pampered, and but sometimes you gotta learn to fend for yourself coming out the gate. You know what?
1: I wasn't. Um, this is interesting that you say that. I really wasn't pampered. Uh, well, my older brother protected me. My brother. Uh, we grew up in a single family home. My father was not a uh, president home, so my older brother was kind of like the dad of the household. He was sort of like uh the discipline he was always disciplining me for some reason. But and my younger brother and I, we were the troublemakers. <laughs> me and my young brother was just like they get thieves. We always got into things, looked to get into something, you know, always not mischievous things as far as um breaking the law. We just always you know let's find something to do let's find something to get into and so we were kind of like the pranksters in the house always pulling jokes and we grew up um just pranking on one another just kind of hanging out just just rolling just having fun we just had a great time uh growing up and my young brother he's still my my best friend he's my buddy he's my ride or die guy my my young brother is so (laughs) and he is and so um and we do be at odds. We uh, we grew up. Sometimes he's an Aries, I'm a Libra, so he has that personality. He knows how to pull, my, he knows how to pull my strings, and so we get into our little bicker matches. If they're really not bickering, but we like to um, play the dozens on one another, and he'll always say something to try to, you know, egg me on, and I'll go back at him, and kind of go back and forth. It's just all in fun.
0: Okay. What did you dream of becoming when you were a child Asian?
1: You know, it's interesting um, that you asked that question because when I was a child, I remember sitting at the table and I wrote on a piece of paper. It was three things I wrote on the paper. And it may not seem like much. I wrote down I wanted to be a petition. I wanted to be a teacher. Mm. And I wanted to be an actress. And I'm here to tell you I Once I graduated from uh, high school, I went on to a cosmetology school, got my license to be, uh, become a cosmetologist, and I did get my degree, and I loved uh, teaching and educating. But the actress, I didn't become an actress, so let me tell you something. My auntie uh, kind of stifled me, and I told her, I said, I want to be an actress. And she said, you can't do that. That's too hard.
0: Mm-hmm. It's too challenging.
1: As a child, she told me that. And... um I dropped it. I dropped that dream. But lo and behold, that dream is still inside of me because I am such a performer. To me, I just love to perform. And the strange thing about it, in high school, my teacher told me in drama class when I got up on the stage and I started to perform, we had to just get up there and do something. So I got up on the stage and I went through my little pantomime. After class, she let everybody go and she says, "Adrian, I need to talk to you. I says okay, and she says you need to go to Goodman Theater School of Acting. She says because you have it.
0: <laughs>
1: she says she, she says you got it, and um, she said, you just naturally you're an you're an actor you're an actress you're a performer, and she says you need to do it, and uh, and I was always told that from professors. Uh, from writing, uh, writing a different manuscripts, and I would turn it in, and my professors would always come back and being in so much awe. And I'm like, what are you in awe? This is just so easy to me. I just love to sit down and write. And my professors would say, um, how do you do that? How in the world do you come up with these stories? <laughs> these stories? And um, they would always tell me to take my gift further because it can go somewhere. They were always encouraging me to go somewhere with my gift.
0: Wow. wow! So that's amazing. Yeah. i got just curious before we go into and then how you became specifically your teaching character and your mm-hmm. acting, how you became a writer. But how were you? I'm just curious. I'm fascinated that you did that. How were you when you made that list of I want to be an actress, I want to be a teacher, I want to be, you know, you did cosmetology. How were you when you sat down and made that list?
1: You know, I was about 9 or 10 years old. You know, it's just so children know, you know, it was just annoying, and it sounds kind of uh, unusual uh, that a child was sitting down. And I still remember very vividly sitting down at this little table uh, in our front room. We didn't have like a dining room table. It was like a card table that we, my mother made a um, dining room table. We had like a little folding card table. And I sat down at the table and I had my little pencil and I
0: put one, two, three and I made the little list.
1: I sent them one Wow. Fishing. You know, I, I, I just find fishing. it amazing.
0: I like to listen to what all of our guests say. Uh, most okay. of them don't, most of them as adults are doing, not doing anything Near what they wanted to do as a kid, and you did say something. That's something else I want to. Again, it goes back to the quote, and I didn't tie the quote into the to the interview. It's just a um, to our listeners. It's just something that happened. Don't don't live your fears. Live out your dreams. But um, how many guests we've had on who stopped doing something they really wanted to do because somebody told them you can't do that, and they listen. They bought it hook, line, and sinker. I just find that amazing. So I encourage people not to do that. Don't tell kids what they can and can't do because you don't know. They're still growing and developing. You don't know what they can do. Who who burst in you or what experience did you have that made you say, I want to be a writer?
1: Hmm. Well, you know, um, with writing... What happened, I, as a young adult, uh, when I was working downtown Chicago and I wrote my first article, which I didn't know was going to be an article at the time, I went on lunch um, and I was sitting down uh, in the park and I was just looking all, all around and I just started to write this article about how education is the pathway to success and for some reason, I dropped it in the mail to Chicago Sun-Times. And the Chicago Sun-Times, um, they called me, like, the next week. And this is "Adrian, This is a fascinating article, and um, we want to give you a headline. And they printed the story.
0: Wow. They printed <laughs> the story.
1: And, it, you know, that kicked it off. And, and when I was in college, I wrote a story about how I, read, how I met my real Father, my biological father and um for some reason i did again i just dropped the story into the box where it was a competition for all of the classes uh in the second year it was like 500 of us lo and behold they called me and they pulled my name and they says you know what your story uh won the competition and so i got an award for writing that story and um you know, I just it just kept going. I just kept going, kept going. You
0: you have an amazing story, and we're just scratching the surface of your story. Um, can you tell us? If, mm-hmm. if it's something that you say you not don't want to talk about it now, that's fine. Just let me know. But where were okay. you when you had a ruptured brain aneurysm? I don't even know what that is. <coughs> I don't even know what that is. But where were you when you made it? when you at home, at work, at, oh. And did you, is, is that, excuse my ignorance, but is that like a stroke or?
1: It <sighs> is. I had a blood vessel uh, burst in my brain.
0: Ooh.
1: And I, I was at home. And believe it or not, uh, people, some people may or may not believe in um, premonitions or, or what have you. But that's the only thing that really saved my life, and that's the only reason why I'm here talking to you because before it happened, my friend and I were sitting in in my bedroom watching TV, and out of nowhere I saw this 911, just like a handwriting on the wall. And I'm like, what in the world? And I told him, I said, we need to call 911. He said, girl, you crazy for what? I said, I don't know. We need to call 911. So we jumped up. He got the phone. He called 911, and they were like, What's your emergency? He said, I don't know. My girlfriend's sitting here talking about calling 911. And he was like, The 911 <laughs> operator's asking, What's the problem? And I looked at him, and and he looked back at me, and I started, for some reason, pointing at my head. And he told the operator, "It's something wrong with her head. As soon as he said those words, wow. something was wrong with her head, boom. I passed out. Legs went out. I lost all control of my body. Bam. Hit the floor.
0: Wow.
1: And, but my eyeballs were open, and I could still hear. My eyes were, I was looking around the room, and I could hear him saying, she's on the floor. Next thing you know, the fire department, everybody's coming through the front door.
0: <coughs> wow. Yeah. That is, that is, it, so, And I don't know why I'm coughing, but when you look back on that, okay, so something gave you the insight to know it was coming. Do you ever look back and wonder, and maybe that's what helps trauma to make sense or help make it easier. It's certainly not easy, uh, but Uh -uh. do you ever look back and wonder, okay, so why did I even go through that at all? Why does anybody go through it? Do you ever do you ever get an answer? Do you ever did you ever ask why did that happen not only to you but to anybody? And, and and what what did the answer make make the experience make more sense?
1: Well, you know what? It never really makes sense. Um the only thing that I can say is that the surgeons um they helped me because they let me know that I was a miracle, a walking miracle, because they couldn't understand how I survived that much blood in my brain. And to make a long story oh. short, it that experience changed my personality. And the only thing I can grasp from it is that it changed me who I am. I went from being an a person that was totally um introverted to being an extrovert. And so it's just like I says, Well, Maybe I went through it because God wanted to change my personality. Maybe he wanted to create a whole new me. And so that's what happened. You know, I became this whole different person. And so that's what I I take from it.
0: Wow. Oh, my goodness. You know, our brain controls. See, I read this book, and and then I also majored in psychology, but our brain controls more than what we think. And a lot of times... As I've gotten older, I've accepted a lot of times what I thought used to be God might have just been another part of my brain. And and it's just almost amazing. Like you said, it changed your personality because something Mm -hmm. in your brain changed. Now, several years ago, I read a book. I think it was titled My Stroke of Insight. And it was about this neurosurgeon who had a stroke. And she was, I think, she had just exercised. I think she was in the shower. And she knew something was happening to her. But mm-hmm. she said everything was slowing down. And she was home alone like you were. Well, no, you somebody was with you. She was home alone. And okay. she said she knew she had to take action very quickly. Everything was slow. And she was able to pick up the phone. And I think she called mm-hmm. her work and maybe 911. Mm-hmm. And she said the recovery took long, but she said a part of her brain that, that our minds that critique things her dress is too too long uh, that tie is is, is too dark it's, it's too hot it's too cold that part of her brain shut down and all she was able to do was appreciate i I just that blew me away when I read that in that book That's all she was able to do her brain had that 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 crit, critical part of the brain shut down and she said it went on for like months. She could she could do nothing but appreciate. That's all she could do. So yeah. how did you? And she said she said that helped her. To I mean we we put religion behind a lot of it. We don't realize that a lot of what's going on is something with the brain. But she said that encouraged her as the recovery took a long time. She she and she didn't want to let it go. But eventually she said that critical part of the brain got stronger, and she started becoming critical again. It mixed in with the appreciation. That helped her stay encouraged. How did you stay encouraged as you healed?
1: Well, what helped me to stay encouraged, I did a lot of journaling. I did a lot of uh, journal. I started my prayer journal, and I would just um, write things down. I would read uh, different scriptures because during my recovering, the hardest Part for me was when I left um, rehab was when they told me I couldn't go back to my apartment. That was the hardest thing. That was when the truth really hit um, that I I had really went through a major health crisis when they told me you can't go back home. You have to have someone take care of you. You have to go back to my mother. I had to go to my mother's house. My mother had to take care of me because I couldn't cook for myself. I couldn't do anything. I had to relearn everything. I couldn't Use the computer because I didn't even know what the computer was. I didn't know what to do with it. And that's when reality really just set in. But What helped me was journaling. I started to write in a journal, read a scripture every day, and just journal. And I rested a lot because all I could do was just sit there and rest. Rest, I did a lot of meditation uh, on different scriptures, uh, positive affirmations. I did that as well.
0: And before we go into talking about, more about Mm -hmm. your book, I want to get to the Journal of a Memoir by Zenobia Reagan, but how long was that process for you? Again, that other lady said it took her about seven years. How long was that recovery process?
1: Believe it or not, I'm still recovering.
0: Okay. Uh, Because, Mm -hmm. yeah,
1: I'm still recovering. Some things aren't, and the doctors told me that, you may recover fully after five years, after seven, eight years. Um, I'm recovered, but I'm still not to the point where I used to drive myself around everywhere. I'm still not driving. And um, that's another very difficult thing because I am used to jumping in the car and driving and taking mm-hmm. off and going, going where I want to go. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. um, to have to call a lift ride to take me somewhere, it's just like, you know, this is just really... Too much, but I just you know keep going because that's what I have to do. Um, mm. You know, it just it's just part part of life, and I just you know keep going.
0: What What did this teach you? And again, I'm asking you questions. Um, and I thank okay. you for what you're sharing. I really, really do. For our, for listeners, just like some told you to call nine one one, somebody might just even accidentally click over to off the off-the-shelf either today or it could be a, a year or so before they're getting ready to go through something difficult. It might not be an aneurysm. It could be the loss mm-hmm. of a loved one or or something difficult. And they they catch what you say, and it, it helps get them through it. We don't know how these how things work together. But I wanted to ask you, the long recovery, which you're still on that road, what has it taught you, Adrian, about the power of patience, Self-love and trust. Mm,
1: The power of self-love and trust. You know what? It has taught me to trust the process. It has taught me to appreciate everything around me, even the small things. People just really don't realize how thankful they should be for every little thing. And for self-love, I just... Love that I'm here. I love every single day because I could not very well be here. And so I'm loving my, learning to love myself even more um, day by day. And it's still a continual process. I think that we're always growing. I think that we're always uh, discovering things about ourselves. I think we're always learning uh, about ourselves because I think we can always um, learn new things challenge ourselves, and I'm always challenging myself to learn something new. You'll, you would really be surprised what you can do if you challenge yourself to learn something new.
0: Okay. How are you incorporating what you've learned from your experience into your counseling, mentoring, and the coaching work, which I want to talk about later in the show because I want to next talk about your books. But how how, are, how do you incorporate what you've learned from your personal experience you know it works because it worked for you how are you incorporating those lessons into your counseling mentoring and coaching services
1: you know what i um i usually uh talk to individuals and talk to clients and use my past experience and i use i do it by example i don't um I just kind of guide uh, individuals and kind of give them maybe a nudge. And I guide them. I let them make their own choice. And I'll just say, for example, and I'll use something from my past, uh, and I'll just say, for example, and create uh, what I may have went through and make it as an example for them so that they can clearly see, uh, so they can have more clarity. And whatever that situation that they may be going through, letting them know that you could get from point A to point B, and I'll give them an example or give them a positive affirmation or give them some type of inspiration or some type of a motivational tool to use to help them to cross that bridge from not being sure if they can do it to crossing over to knowing that they can do it.
0: You are so, oh, my God, what a powerful coach or mentor you must be because you've gone through it. Can you please share, and then next we're going to get into your book, but can you share three things that each of us can do, Adrienne, to step into newness in 2018? We're already in February. Our, our lives are so repetitive, and it could be our fear of change. But what are some? what are three things that can shake us up, and help us step into newness this year,
1: you know what three things that can um maybe shake us up. I always like to say, well one thing I like to tell people and I like to do do one thing do something that you've never done before, do something on your list that you want to do, and the third thing which is gonna really maybe sound um unusual do something that reconnects you with your inner child and who you were uh, when you were growing up. Because when you reconnect with your child, it kind of keeps you in a...
0: It really
1: really works when you reconnect with that inner child within you. It really does something and it really pulls you up uh, to a level uh, of power within yourself. It pulls you up to a level of uh, self-love. It really pulls you up to... uh, being more humble It really helps you with your faith Because you have that childlike faith Children have a faith that surpasses Sometimes even what Adults don't have Children have a certain amount of faith is just like mind-blowing If you really study Childhood faith And so if you reconnect with the child within you You will unlock something That you didn't know was inside of you
0: mm, You
1: you really will is- and I mean, that's a powerful tool. If you just do that once, yes, connect with
0: your child. Interesting. It's amazing how mm-hmm. what we learn as we go along. Now, can you please give our off-the-shelf listeners who've just been sitting there, impatiently waiting, enjoying what you share? But can you give us a brief overview of journal of a memoir about Zenobia Reagan?
1: You know what's so interesting. um... That book went through so many uh transformations, and the title uh journal uh the journal, the journal of memoir is really not what people think it is it's really a dark twisted fiction story and it's really uh, my story fictionalized <laughs> and it's really a journal a journey of an individual that goes through these relationships. And she's goes through, she's just spiraling through life through all these uh relationships she goes through. Therapy and uh it's all about and Zenobia Reagan, uh that's just a, a pen name that I used uh when I wrote that particular okay. uh book. Yeah, I just used that particular name and um it's really about an individual, the main character, um McTena McBride, and she goes through all these different relationships, and she takes the reader through all these crazy relationships. And a lot of those relationships are my relationships that I went through with different, different individuals, and I just you know, fictionalized the characters and just talked about some things that I went through as I was growing up. And so if you love reading oh, okay. dark, twisted fiction, you will love that book if you enjoy reading now, when you uh, say dark. dark, twisted fiction.
0: Is it dark twisted? So you put it down, and you're like, "Okay, I'm gonna jump out the window." <laughs> is <it dark laughs> or is it like a? It's not a little bit of Stephen Kingish? Is it what is uh, when you, you say dark
1: what? twisted? It, it is a little Stephen Kingish because some, when it opens okay. up and it talks about some of the characters, and I describe um, the characters, the characters kind of sound like. Um, bells above because i'm describing what they look like it sound like something out of 20 the year 2070 you know and okay it's just like characters you really have to um it gives you a vivid picture of what's going on and my editor told me this is a wild ride that's what the editors were saying uh as (laughs) she was editing the book and she was reading she said this is really wild." (laughs) and so um yeah, the characters, some of the uh, characters are, you know, of course, make-believe from, the, like, the year 2070. And I use, like, Beelzebub from from the Bible, and I'm describing mm-hmm. the different uh, diamonds in the head and the sword and the sash across their chest. And, you know, it's just really, um, I'm describing what anger looks like. I'm calling Beelzebub, it's really anger it's really emotions and so i take an emotion like anger or fear and i create this character and i describe the character and what it looks like because anger and fear are are dark feelings and so i make the character Mm -hmm. look really Mm -hmm. strange weird that's why i call it dark and twisted
0: yeah and you know what what it's interesting what you said um and I'm going to ask you next what inspired you to write a journal of a memoir by Zenobia Reagan. But before you answer that question, it made me think when I was listening to you, mm-hmm. to uh, and I just J.K. Rowling, who wrote um, the Harry Potter series, she, after her mother died, and I don't know if it was immediately or to when she became an adult, because if we don't deal with things, they're going to come back on us and haunt us. Could come back years later and jump on us, but... She said she just went through a really bad depression, and she said she felt like the like the depression characters, maybe like what you said, emotions, like they were monsters. And she said that's where the characters in Harry Potter came from. Her experience through depression, she said that's where that came from. So it's interesting when you just said what you said. I was thinking, wow, that sound. I heard that story. Similar to where you, and that's the gift of writing. You can write through what what you're experiencing to help express it and let it go. But so what inspired you to write this? Had you thought about writing this story? You talked about different relationships and emotions, which we all feel. Had you thought about mm-hmm. writing it before the aneurysm, or was this something that happened afterwards? What inspired you to sit down and write this this novel?
1: You know, uh, what happened, believe it or not, it was an assignment in uh, undergrad, and I started writing uh, it in undergrad school, and it started out, it it was called Moxie, because this young lady had a lot of Moxie, (laughs) and I turned it in as one of my assignments, and the professor was telling me, you need to keep writing this. It was just like a simple uh, essay, and so it kept growing, and I kept going with it, and it just Turned into my life story, uh, a fiction, and so I just kept writing. And I would go to the library because at that time I didn't even have a computer. I would go to the library, and just be typing out the story. And somebody next to me would be reading, like, "Wow, oh my gosh," you know. And so I just kept going with it. And I would submit it to different uh publishing houses, and they would send it back to me, and they would say, "Oh, it's not our genre. We love this story." You know, you get those letters. And um,
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, so I got a lot of um, rejection letters from that story. But it was funny because each rejection letter, they encouraged me to keep going, and I got encouraged mm. from even the letters of rejection because they loved the story. It just didn't fit with what they were publishing, what they were putting out at that time. Yes, it's I'll be on time. I, yeah, and I also, I also think that it's interesting that you mentioned um, the Harry Potter, how mm-hmm. she used those uh, the monsters, because in my story, that's what those uh, creatures look like. They're like little monsters, the fear and the anger. Yeah. They, they look like little mm-hmm. monsters in the story.
0: Mm-hmm. She said that's what that's what she mm-hmm. did. So we, that's uh, one of the gifts... Uh, of writing. What do you hope, Adrian, that readers gain from journal of a memoir by Zenobi I love that name. What did you come up with? You said that used to be your pen name, but what did you come up with that name? <laughs> Zenobia Reagan.
1: You know what it is so interesting that you asked that question because um my best friend, her mother's name is Zenobia, and I always did love lovely name. Oh, <laughs> I got it. I, what okay. I did was well, I took my, my best friend's mother's first name, and I took my best friend's uh, last name, and I put it together. So I put Zenobia <laughs> Reagan, right and that's the way I came up with that name.
0: Oh, okay. Interesting. And what do you hope readers gain from reading uh, the Journal of a Memoir by Zenobia Reagan?
1: Well, I hope that they're able to connect with um, the character and know that whatever you go through, you can get through it. Because in the end of the story, oh, I don't want to tell the end of the story, but um, <laughs> I hope that they're able they're able to gain self love, trust in their inner their inner self, their gut feeling, because your gut feeling is always on target and right. And you should always follow what your instincts are telling you, that first instinct. And I hope that they're able to um, gain strength from watching uh, the main character go through all those different spirals in her life.
0: Okay. And and those are good takeaways from a novel. Now as we go into another one of your books, can you tell us what what does poserize mean? I've never even heard of that.
1: You know, it's... Um, positive size.
0: Oh positive size. Yeah. Okay so what is that I yeah. gotta, Okay what's positive size mean?
1: You know what Positive size actually is Um, Positive thinking and action It's really two things put Together it's positive P-O-Z and then the last Part uh, like you exercise So what you're really doing is Exercising positive thinking That's what positive size is
0: Positive thinking Interesting yeah. So what, what yeah. I'm going to go back and ask you this Before we go on to some other questions Because this is something I promise our listeners You gave us three Can you share two other actions Talking about positive size, What are two Two other actions that we can take To become new in 2018 Exercising Positive What are, what are two other things we can do to step into
1: newness this year. Two other things we can do to step into newness?
0: In twenty eighteen. It might come back to your positive. I would say I like
1: uh yes, positise, that's correct. So I would say um two other things that you can do um to step into your newness. I think that um one thing that one person that we can all do at least once a month uh do something outside of the norm, your norm for instance we all get into this everyday habit of doing things what we always it even me uh oh we do goodness. our our daily thing i think maybe once a month mm-hmm. do something you would normally do even if it's uh spending night at a hotel even if it's um going to the zoo you know cuz you don't you don't just think of doing that once a month. You wouldn't just jump up and say, well, I'm going to the zoo. I'm going to the planetarium. I'm going to go and, you know, take a look at the aquarium or a museum. Do something that you just wouldn't normally do. Okay.
0: Because okay. because to me,
1: when you do something outside of the norm, it's going to give you another layer. To me, it does. And I do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like in the summer months, I'll Maybe go to a carnival, I'll go to a rodeo, or just do whatever, you know, and it makes me feel really great. It makes me feel good. Second thing I would do, the 17 Newtons, this may sound really simple. If you're not um, writing down something that you're grateful for, just write down what you're grateful for in that particular day.
0: Mmm. I might do both of those. Yeah, you you got you reached one. I might do both of those. Thank you for sharing those. Now we've heard about positive affirm. We've heard about positive affirmations, Adrian. Some people have tried these things on the seminars, and some of these seminars are not cheap. And they've gone. They've done all the workshops. They've read the self help books. They've done this. Done the goal setting. What what makes positive affirmations? Because just saying something alone is not going to change behavior. I don't think. But what makes it a, an effective tool? We have to do other things, of course. But what makes it mm-hmm. effective at helping to change behavior? Why why are positive affirmations? Why does it? Why are they an effective tool when used with other things to help change behavior?
1: Why is it effective? Mhm.
0: Just you're you well, saying it was, something positive. What? Why does it? Why does it even? Why? Like it's
1: like why? Why do
0: it? Why say it? What? Why is it? Why is it something useful?
1: You know what? Um, when you were asking that question, uh, what really uh, popped up uh, in my mind was uh, I got into a conversation with an individual, a friend of mine, on Facebook because that's how that uh, book was born. Was on Facebook. I was dropping. Uh, positive quotes on Facebook. Every day, I would say something positive, and it started to get attention. And one of my friends got into this long conversation with me, and he was saying exactly what you're asking. He was like, "Well, sometimes you just don't want to think positive. Well, how do you change your way? And how do you, this is not going to work?" And we got into a, this debate, and so positive thinking is not going to change you just like that. It takes
0: mm-hmm.
1: practice. It you it have to be um, intentional. Uh, it's not something that you're just going to do overnight. You have to make an effort to be intentional in your thinking to change your thinking. You know that, that may sound a little weird, but <laughs> you have to be intentional in your thinking to change your thinking. It's kind of right. deep, but um, yeah. <laughs>
0: so it, <laughs> it, it goes, I'm not and, sure. and and, not, and positive. Affirmation. We're talking about the brain earlier. It may trigger a part of the brain, like that woman who had a stroke, where the appreciation part. It might trigger that more than the critical part, and you might get more positive ideals and concepts. And but at some point, you have to take action. We live in an action world, so just thinking positive and because I've heard people just praying and waiting and waiting. At some point, you got to make a move. You got to you got to bust a move at some point. So. It's, it's just one of the tools. How can we? How can someone say positive though, Adrian? And after what you've gone through, I think you have the uh, experience to, to to say this. So somebody's going through. How can they keep a positive as, as, outlook when unwanted yeah. experiences, yeah. a job lay, a job layoff, sickness?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. it's Interesting. You do asking that question. I was thinking of something when you were asking that question. Um, You have to consistently feed yourself. And that's what I do. You have to feed yourself uh, positive reading. You have to read positive things. You have to read something that's going to inspire you. I always try to um, watch something that's inspiring. For instance, like, um, there's this football player. I
0: don't know if anyone ever
1: know about the story of the football player that has one hand. Mm. I can't think of his name. Yeah, I can't think of his name. He's in college and he plays football. He only has one hand. He got turned down because they told him he couldn't play football with just one hand. He lost his hand. But I'm here to tell you he's one of the uh, best quarterbacks um, in college football. (laughs) I can't think of it today, but anyway, you have to feed yourself inspirational things. You have to watch uh, inspirational programming, find something else to read uh, when you're going through a situation. And If it's financial, like you said, a job layoff, you have to sometimes create something uh, for yourself. You have to get outside of the box. You may have to do something outside of the norm to create a stream of in- income for yourself if you have lost a job. Um, I became really good at that because when I went through um, what I went through, I didn't have income for a long time because I couldn't work, and I'm telling you, I I mm-hmm. became this pro at getting on the internet and finding stuff to do to make money. That's how I came up with 51 ways to make money online. I started writing articles and earning money through Google. Uh, you know, the AdSense, and that takes time. But there's a lot of stuff online that you can do to make money, believe it or not. Um, that's for real. I know it's a lot of junk online, but there are some real things online that you can do to make money, uh, and so especially you are with amazing. writing.
0: You are, you, my goodness, there is nothing called quitting you. Even if you get tempted <laughs> to quit something, you're going to make sure you just, it's going to keep you going. Oh, my God, you're almost so to my you almost going my next that so funny that you said that? yeah no, you can tell it it's in you um can that's you share three to five mm-hmm. <laughs> can you share three to five specific ways being what you went through? I mean look, look, a lot of people have what you had happen to you or a stroke or something, and they'll go move in mm-hmm. with a parent, and then that's it. They're gonna spend their life just saying where well, I meet, why well, I meet, which is so hard not to do it It really is but, man, you just like a get up and let's make it happen. Can you share three to five specific ways, Adrian, that people can earn legitimate uh, money online?
1: I can. Um, three to five legitimate ways. I've got a whole list. <laughs> i got to go. Oh, <laughs> um, you know what I'm going to tell you? Um, those that are listening, what they can do is email me at the females at gmail.com, and I will share okay. more than three to five ways that they can uh, okay earn money online. You know what, and I love Hub Pages. If you like to write, go to Hub Pages and join Hub Pages. Um, if you really need money quickly, um, online it does take a little bit of time. You do have to be uh, patient. So if you do something online um, and you need money like right now, you know, it, you're not going to make money, like, overnight online. That That's just – I know people are selling a lot of pie-in-the-sky things as far as making money online. This is just not true. It's just not going to happen because you you do have to be patient with making money online. But there are some bona fide ways online. And I love um, LiveOps. They've changed their name, but you can make some <laughs> serious money around Super Bowl time and some of these um, – Call centers, and that's what I did. And there's a lot of call centers online where you can make some serious money and make a real paycheck. So if you can, if you can hold out for, like, 30 days, you can join a lot of places online to make that paycheck. And Pizza Hut, there are some big companies like Pizza Hut, um, you know those infomercials where they sell, like, um, the blender, the ninja blender, uh, what is it? Uh, yes, yeah. Uh-huh. All these things you see in the store. I did all that stuff. And and um, uh, Lyft, the Lyft, right? Those places are online where you can answer their phones. I'm telling you, I made some good money with Lyft. When I, you know what? Because they're paying okay. you by the minute. They pay you like 25 cents a minute. Then you get a bonus on top of that. And Pizza pays you. Uh, I know they're gonna kill me for telling all of information.
0: <laughs> 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 but <laughs> I don't oh know if I'm.
1: I hope my contract don't get canceled. But anyway, uh, Pizza will pay you uh, twenty cents. No, it, it went up. It's um, thirty cents a minute. And then during Super Bowl time, if you um, sell like little brownies, a little extras, you get like an extra ten cents. And that money adds up. I made mean, like a grand one time yeah. in, in seven days. A thousand dollars. It may not. Sound, it may not sound like much to some people, but no, if you don't have anything oh, to do, my again, goodness.
0: yes. That can be that's somebody's so, rent. Are you kidding? I, was, I, was saying, yes. I couldn't do anything but talk on the phone, and
1: I would sit at home on my bed with my legs crossed. With my leg, do you hear me? I would sit on my bed with my legs crossed, saying the same thing over and over for lift, and that was so much fun. I would just sit there with my legs crossed. Those phone lines was jumping so fast, and I would just say, "Thank you for using." Wow. The lift. Thank you for using Lyft. Thank you for using oh thousand dollars Just by saying, thank you for using left. Do you hear me? Wow. Do you hear what I'm saying? Who would
0: up. You know, I'm I so tell you something. serious. I, when I, I remember when I got laid off from Merle Lynch, and I'm working for another employer now in addition to writing, but I came up with a lot of ideas to do blogging and I did. I did make, but a lot of what you're doing never even crossed my mind. It's amazing how, and maybe that's part of the poserize. If as you as you stay positive, again, like that lady I was talking about I had a stroke, she went into that appreciation part of her brain just just was taken over. Maybe that's where those ideals come from. And then if you you go down in the negativity, you close the door on that. So that that's another reason to stay positive and write down something that you're grateful for or appreciate every day to keep that window or that or that door open so those good ideas do come through. Wow, I mean, your story is something. Your story is you something. Know, can you? You know. Can you tell? Oh, I'm so.
1: am so sorry. I wanted to give people another juicy nugget. Did you know okay. that? Um, you know, stations like PBS and Channel 11 stations like that Mm
0: -hmm. you know
1: you heard of uh, pbs where they have the telethons do you know they do do you know there's a company out here that will pay you to answer that you at home they pay you to answer those phone lines this is 24 7 work this is it's not seasonal those telethons are not seasonal because we're talking about all 50 states I mean, I've answered those calls for people from Denver, Colorado, to Niagara Falls. I mean, all across the U.S. You know, you're talking about public uh, programming to answer those phones. And they're paying you like 35 cents a minute just to pick up a phone and and take a donation. I mean, that money adds up. And you get bonuses on top of that. I mean, it's real money. It's real money. It's a real job, and it's real money.
0: Wow, that is uh, interesting. And, again, that's something that for people, your mind is just something in you is really, really, really looking out for you that you come up with to, to even know to look for that. When and why we only have five minutes left. It's, I had a lot more questions to ask you, but we're not going to get to them all. When and why, though, I want to talk about Fierce Female. When and why did you launch Fierce Female?
1: You know what? Um I first launched it because in my family, there's so much um, struggles and that we went through with uh, watching individuals uh, go through with dementia and Alzheimer's. And we had uh, my mm. uncle and my aunt, my father, you know, passed away with Alzheimer's. That's when I first started out. It was a um, caregiving. I was trying to do something for caregiving, but it didn't really take off for some reason. And then I did a rebranding. I really got into my authentic self, and I did a Mm rebranding of the Fierce Female uh, Network because I love to help people. I just love, love, love to help people be successful. And that is just taking off without a hitch. And so what I'm doing is just helping people create their commercials, helping them with their press releases. If you have a small business, I just love to help See people be successful and um, that's where Ferris Female Network came into play um, and I just help individuals I do the interviews um, you know on the radio show I help them to get on CBS help them get on Fox uh, help them uh, get interviewed on a blog on a magazine a we magazine and this just a list of uh, media outlets that I have and I help individuals to reach those sources
0: you all, so go ahead. You know, go get it, go get it. Um, so, do you work with people who are in, uh, as far as your services? That, is there a certain stage in the process where you start working with people? Are you do you uh, like specialize with startups or people midstream in in in, in the process? What, what is your audience or your customer base that you specialize? You know,
1: my. My um, target audience, I do work with people who do already have their business, and maybe they're trying to grow their business and get to uh, the next plateau. But also, I do work with beginners. I had a lovely artist, um, very talented artist um, that I was working with to get him art shows and things of that nature because he's so talented. I do help him, too. I was booking um, art shows for him. So if you are an artist and you love to draw and you have a drawing, I love booking those art shows, and um, that's something that I do as well. So you don't necessarily have to have your own company or a small business. You can be an individual, um, and you're selling your service as far as your artwork. I work with those individuals as well, because a lot of things people don't think about is making their own commercial and having it in their pocket. So when they go to an interview, you can pull out your commercial and say, hey, play this. During my interview, play this You know, you're ready You come
0: Ah. loaded You gotta come loaded (laughs) (laughs) All Jen Where can off-the-shelf listeners Get copies of your books?
1: Yes uh, Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble Everything is listed on Amazon And and my website, fiercefemale.com All the books are listed on my website I have a children's book um, Mommy and Me which is it's a short bedtime story, which is great. And those short bedtime stories are just some stories um, from my childhood, me and my little brothers, things we did growing up. And so it's a really nice little um bedtime stories. And so they can go to Amazon dot com, the com as well, because it is on my website.
0: Do you have any upcoming speaking engagements? If so, can you tell about us about a few?
1: You know what okay, it's if if wanna come out for Yes, if individuals are in the Atlanta area, I am planning an event uh, in April. I'm having a workshop, Crush Your Writer's Block. And I really want to work with first-time authors who are having a problem publishing that first book. I want to get them out the door because people didn't have this when I was when I wrote my first book. You got to have your marketing plan to be successful. You got to know what you're going to do with that book before you finish. Don't wait till you finish uh, writing a book. You got to know hands-on before you get that book finished. And so April 7th, we have a Crush Your Writers Block. I'm going to give them a marketing plan. We're going to put together their media plan so that they can uh, reach uh, the media, so they can get those interviews on news outlets, so they can be interviewed on magazines online and offline. So they have to have that in place before their book is finished uh, being written.
0: Yes. Yeah. Can you tell us where we can find you on social media?
1: Oh, absolutely. The Fierce Female on Facebook. Please do follow me on Facebook. The Fierce Female on Facebook and on Instagram. Uh, if you go to Instagram, it's uh, the same handle, Fierce Female. And you also see different individuals uh, who is on the Fierce Female network and the different individuals. And I'm so, uh, so happy to have some of those individuals. I'm just so humbled and honored uh, to have some of those individuals. Some are very seasoned in their uh, craft, in their art, in their music, and so um, you can go to Twitter, uh, the fierce female, and I also have a Twitter uh, account if you want to follow me on under P O Z E R
0: C I S E. You are something! <laughs> oh my goodness, what a blessing! I'm so glad we were posted. We Adrian and I were supposed to interview in December but my son passed away on December third. Oh I'm sorry. and I'm still going I'm through sorry that. that. Yeah, and I remember I told you and you said you said I said can we reschedule and you said, That's fine. So we we were supposed to have gotten together I think it was December ninth and then it got pushed to February. But what a you have blessed my spirit and I'm sure you have so many other people uh and it's 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 a odd thing if you hadn't gone through your great struggle your voice might not come with as much clarity as it now has. So, But we want to thank you all for, again, Adrian Manson, and encourage you to support her. Give us the name of your children's book again, please.
1: The Mommy children's and Me. children's book is Mommy and Me.
0: That's it. Mommy and Me, The Return of Jesus Christ, Journal of a Memoir by Zenobia Reagan, Pose size, I hope I did it, from the inside out and fifty one easy ways to earning online. Oh my God, you got to get those books and that that earning online. I don't know how her mind came up with those ideas, but something in her is looking out for her. So we want to thank Aiden Manson. And then in April, send me the info on your Atlanta. Uh, you've got my email address. Just email yes. or Facebook me. The Atlanta event, so I can help spread the word. So the April event in Atlanta, for those who want to just write that first book so you don't get taken advantage of, because a lot of people out here taking advantage of writers. You don't throw money away needlessly. So want to thank Adrienne for that. And look for that for those of you who are in on near Atlanta in April for uh, information. You can follow her on Facebook. She's on Instagram. She's on Twitter, and you can keep up with, that April event in Atlanta that's coming soon. So I want to thank our listeners. As I always tell you, remember, you're awesome. You're amazing. You are incredible. Go out and create a fabulous day for yourself, whether it's raining, snowing, or sunshine, and You got it in you to create a fabulous day for yourself. Thank you so much, Adrian. What a blessing you are. I'll shoot you an email. Bye for now.
1: Thank you.